Did you call bank? I call game. <laughs> Welcome back to Calling Bank. This week we're speaking all about the fiery beard of James Harden, the real death lineup of the Warriors, and what happens to the Pacers without Victor Oladipo. But let's start off with our game of the week. And Will, what was your game of the week? 76ers v Timberwolves. Very high scoring game. I think it was 149 by the 76ers. It was. It's more than I think I've ever seen them score. I, they, don't score that, they don't score that very often, huh? No, you don't think of them as an offensive dynamite. No, no, that's not what they build their games on. But <laughs> it's starting to click, potentially. Yeah, they're like Ben Simmons. He took a three, actually, in one of the games a couple of weeks ago. I had that go. It was a pass that was intended for Embiid, uh, but... But it looked like a three. It it was better as a three than as a pass. It was terrible. So what what happened in this game? So the reason I want to focus on this game is we have to obviously look at Jimmy Butler and the trade. Yeah. And I'm going to start off with Jimmy Butler. It was the first time Jimmy Butler goes and faces his former side since that saga at the start of the season. What saga? I don't even remember it. Let's let's remember it, Harry. Yeah. Because some of Butler's actions to get this trade, including that infamous training session where he targeted the president of basketball operations and coach Tom Thibodeau, mm. general manager Scott Layden, and teammates, including Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Like, <laughs> if we look back at that, you had a GM watching them having a training session, yeah. effectively, a scrimmage. And Butler then yells at the GM, you effing need me. Yep. Scott, you can't win without me. And that's when he was playing with the third stringers for the Timberwolves and he beat the starting lineup, which, look, unless you're the Lakers, it's not that hard to beat the Timberwolves. Do you know that legend got even more legendary because apparently he didn't take a single shot. Really? He just he passed it? He just passed it the whole time. I mean, and he, still won. He, he doesn't take many shots in the game, in fairness. Like, he's a high percentage He's a high-efficiency shooter, rather. Like, yeah. the shots he takes are good shots. So I think everyone, when this game came about, everyone's like, ooh, like, how will Butler react? Like, yeah. this is going to be, like, one of those games where he's going to be really motivated. He was very motivated. He was. He scored 19 points, got three rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. Shot 80% from the field, 75% from three. He played well. I so, mean, yeah. also, the 76ers are a far superior team to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, they've got essentially three all-stars. Minnesota Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns and Rose when he's not injured. And Wiggins. Yeah, well. So I just want to quote Butler on that because we've got a very Butler focus on this. <laughs> uh, Butler goes and says, after the game, it was everything that I thought it would be. Seeing some old faces, not too much trash talking, though I don't think anybody's talking like that. I like the fact that we beat them. Yeah, obviously. Because imagine if they came in there and then they lost yeah. as well. Because Thibodeau, he's not even the coach at this point. You know? Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Because we, if we go back to the trade itself, mm. we say, well, who really won from this trade? So, who, if we, I mean, it's, it's a pretty obvious answer. Well, let's go through it. Okay, let's, let's go, go through, through it. it. And that's why I thought this game was a really good way of us like recapping it. What was the trade again? Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton. For Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second round pick. Yeah. Okay. So at the time of the trade, the 76ers were 8 and 6. Okay. They ranked 19th in net rating, pretty average. 21st in offensive efficiency. Not, I mean, like I not said, great. they're not an offensive team. No, but that was before the Jimmy Butler trade. And Since, then us, yeah. They've gone 24 and 11. They rank both 8th in net rating and 8th in offensive efficiency. Okay, so they're better with Jimmy Butler, which is not surprising when you add an all-star shooting guard to your team on a team that doesn't have a whole bunch of shooters. The thing is with Butler, his three-point percentages aren't great. Like, it's not... He's he's just above league average. He's not a Covington or a Sarge. They're a better, objectively, three-point shooter. You mean Covington, who's injured, or Dario Sarge, who's playing off the bench and playing terribly in Minnesota. Literally, the best part of that deal was Jared Bayless, who no one ever thought would be a good part of any deal. No, he's not a great part of any deal. He literally had 16 points off the bench against the Lakers the other day. 
Yeah, I know. It was I crazy. just, I don't understand. It was crazy. Yeah. But if we go back to that big three, if we talk about offensive efficiency, this game is a perfect example of that. Yeah. The 76ers scored 83 points in the first half. The second <laughs> highest by any team this season. Oh they hit God. a team record 21 three-pointers and reached their highest point total at home in the last 22 years. Yeah. I, they had a phenomenal game. If you think about the amount of games that have gone over 150 this year, I think there's only one or two. There haven't been a whole heap and they've been in close. overtime. This was close in regulation. Yeah. And like, the starters barely even played in the fourth quarter. No, no, so, they didn't play. So, do I think they figured it out yet? No, no, no. The, the problem is with the 76ers is, is you've got personalities and you've mm-hmm. got usage. Yeah. So the thing is, is that Butler, Simmons, and Embiid all need the ball in their hands to be effective. Simmons can't sit on and off the ball roll because he can't shoot. Embiid, three-point percentage, to be honest, is not great. not great. So he needs to be in the post, but that's where Simmons needs to be. But then Butler doesn't like shooting the three. And it's all but still that's why, a bit of a mess. That's why JJ Redick is so perfect for that team. Yeah, of course. Because he doesn't need the ball in his hand. He's a Clay Thompson, but Clay Thompson, obviously, much better. But you need more of them. Yeah. They need more shooters. Yeah, when they had Bellinelli and Ilyasova, that was a well-formulated team. And GM Elton Brand is going to have to go and try and find something. Because if you look at their bench, and this is the bench lineup that played against the Timberwolves. Landry Shamet, TJ McConnell, Mike Muscala, Jonah Bolden, Forkan Cormans. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jonah Bolden is a hero. He had like two blocks the other day against Anthony Davis or someone. Yeah, he's Aussie. I know you like him. Yeah, but I'll be honest with you. against LaMarcus Aldridge, in fact. But I'll be honest with you. That is not a championship winning bench. No, it's not. And when you look at the teams that they're playing against, you're looking at the Raptors, who have a very deep bench. Yes. You're looking at Boston Celtics, who... Very deep. Very deep as well. I mean, I would have said the Pacers, but let's we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, and then they've got to play against, you know, Bucks. probably... Oh, I'm not even going to the Bucks. Bucks are cooked. <laughs> but like then, if, even if they make it into the, the finals, yes. that's where the Golden State Warriors, who are not deep, but at any point, have two All-Stars on the floor. Yes. At any single point. Yes. So they need, they need work. For the Timberwolves, because I should probably finish <laughs> on them. Um, since the trade, they've actually gone 20 and 16. So they've got a positive record, um, and that's despite Robert Covington missing 12 of those games with an ankle injury. Okay. They also obviously have fired Tom Thibodeau, which we discussed last week, um, citing the need to go to a new, in a new direction. But the key for me is the play of Carl Anthony Towns. He's the guy now. Well, he stepped up as soon as Butler leaves. He was like, you know what? I actually forgot how to play, and now I remember I'm really good at basketball. He's the number one scoring option for this team now. He's averaging about 23 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks in about 33 minutes. Mm-hmm. The problem for the Timberwolves, and I'll go back to it, and this is why they thought Butler could have been that centerpiece for them, they don't have a secondary scorer. Because Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins, you know his, his averages are, look good. Seventeen points a game, he can't four and a half rebounds. His shooting is poor. All he does but is drive to the basket and make shots in the paint. I, I did see him hit a three the other day, but really, he's inconsistent. Very much and, so. And, and the the problem is, is he's being paid a max deal. Yeah, he isn't playing like it. I think their secondary scoring option could be Derek Rose if he stays healthy. And again, he's not healthy. He's not healthy, and he's also inconsistent. Very yes. inconsistent. Yes. Asaric could have been, but he's just not. He doesn't have that role. The rest Sarich of the team is always is, meant to be off the ball. Yeah. And they're starting Taj Gibson instead, who's better defensively. So yeah. it, it's, it's, it's one of those for them. Robert Covington was never going to be a secondary star. No. He, again, he's a role player. They need a secondary star, and by the looks of their cap space, it's not, it has it's to be. not happening. Either they trade Wiggins or he has to step up. Because otherwise, this team, I don't see them even making the playoffs. No, I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs, but we'll, we'll see. We'll yep. see how they go. Now, my game of the week was a team that I absolutely love. Utah yep. versus Denver. It was a big game because, of course, Denver is second in the league. Utah are just surging like crazy because they've had one of the hardest schedules. Up until this point, they, like, until the halfway point of the season, they had the hardest schedule in the NBA. This is what I was telling you, Harry. And they I'm were ninth. They were still ninth, right? Yep. 
Since that point, they're now seventh, right? But they've won like 14 and three. Like they've got one of the best records. That, I think it's them, Milwaukee and Golden State yep. that have the best records yep. in the last 10 games for the NBA. Yep. Now, this game started off great. Within the first five minutes, you had a brawl between Mason Plumley, Derek Favors. They both get ejected. Yep. It's just, just, I mean, that's Utah. Joe Ingles like amping people up Donovan Mitchell just dunking on people yep. I love it everything yep. about it do you see Joe Ingles like blowing a kiss to a fan against yeah. Detroit yeah, yeah, yeah. it was lovely oh, I love Joe Ingles now the thing that I love about Utah and we don't speak about Utah enough, enough is that their starting five and Jay Crowder uh, they all score in double digits mm-hmm. consistently they don't have any Donovan Mitchell is a superstar he will be a superstar one day he's not there yet he will be yep. he's, the, he's the go-to scorer in that. he's the go-to right. scorer but they all contribute really well even Ricky Rubio has improved his like shooting mm. in general Gobert does well you add you know Carl Korver, who is providing, you know, a lot of threes off the bench, which is... It's the spacing they needed. That was yeah, the trade. which is perfect. And, like, him being back there is amazing. Joe Ingles is pretty much up in every category, even though his three-point percentage is down. Well, it was hard to go up from 44%. From yeah, exactly. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is, is scoring 22 points a game. He's leading their team. Their team is just so well composed. They're no superstars. Mm. And like they're the model that parallel the Clippers, except they're much better than the Clippers because yes. you've got Defensive Player of the Year and someone that, sh- that could have been Rookie of the Year yep. and then also the Australian base. They're, they're ahead of the Clippers where are right. They are. So Utah's now seventh. Um, they've got a much easier schedule. For me, this game against Denver, which they did win pretty convincingly, I think it was 116 to 107. Um, but like Denver, I mean... They looked at points they could have won, but like Utah was definitely the better team. Utah won. Um, they won. They won because of three-pointers. We'll get there. But for me, I think Utah's going to finish top five. I think they will finish fifth, probably, in mm. the West. Mm. And they deserve that. I think they'll probably get knocked out first and second round in the playoffs. But I think they're a pretty good team. And I think it goes to show because in this game, it was threes that won in the game. They yeah. had 13 threes before the half, which was a franchise record. 19 in the game, shooting 41%. Denver was 8 of 27. That was literally the difference in the game. Yep. It was their three-point shooting. Which um, is Utah's not exactly renowned for. Well, look, they're not. But they shot better, higher percentage shots. They passed better, like more assists in the game, less turnovers, only slightly. But the way they win is defense and spreading the floor. Yep. You know, like they don't have a lot of great shooters, but you know the paint's clogged with Gobert. He's always going to be there. Derek Faye is similar player like that. Yes. Same with Jay. Like Jay Crowder's space a little bit. Rubio is a playmaker. Donovan Mitchell can shoot from anywhere. Joe Ingles is a three-point. It's defense. It's defense for this team. And Quinn Snyder is definitely a fan of that, as as we spoke about I in think the previous the episodes. Third highest defensive efficiency right now in the league. I think that might be second, actually. Pace is a second. Well. For now. That is a great segue to none other than what happened, one of the biggest tragedies of the past fortnight. Yes, yes. Victor Oladipo, who everyone loves. Not, have you ever heard anyone say, you know what, I don't like Victor Oladipo? No. Not a single, but no. maybe Orlando did because they're like, look how good he is now. I love Victor Oladipo. Yes. He comes out of Russ's shadow. He leads the Pacers to the playoffs. They take the comes Cavaliers. Star. Take the Cavaliers to, to seven games. Like, yep. I love him. I yes. love everything about him. And I think it's the same way when Paul George went down in 2016, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago. There are players, and, and even well, Gordon Hayward's different, yep. but Victor Oladipo, when he went down, no one's like, oh, thank God. Like, yes. if Chris Paul goes down, people are like, well, well okay. We've seen this story before. Yeah, we've seen it before. But Oladipo, tell me about it, Will. 
Well, yes, as you've kind of alluded to, a couple of days ago, Oladipo suffered a knee injury with about four minutes left in the second quarter against the Raptors when he tried to chase down a pass from Lowry to Pascal Siakam in transition. Fell to the floor, looked at his knee, didn't look right, signaled to the sideline for medical attention, towel put over his knee, and that was kind of the end of it. Yeah. Um, an MRI later revealed that Oladipo suffered a ruptured, ruptured quadriceps tendon in his right knee um, and that he will undergo surgery that will sideline for the remainder of the season. And all I think of when I saw that, I said goodbye paces. Yep. It's and been a pleasure. As much as I love, uh, you know, uh, Sabonis and Miles Turner. And Bogdanovich. And Bogdanovich. Without their superstar, they don't they're going to struggle. Yeah. So the paces, what does that all mean for the paces? Well, they're currently in third in the Eastern Conference. Which um, is insane. Like, as we said, we spoke about them, I think, last week. Yep. They're a phenomenal team. Yeah. Um, second highest defensive efficiency in the league, as, as I mentioned before. But Oladipo is the team's main player. He, he was their only all-star. He made it there last year. Probably would have made it there this year because you don't not have a pacer in that all-star lineup for these. Like you have no, to. no, you've got it. He, he it's just, same when Goran Dragic was in the there for the Heat because they were coming fourth and they ended up eighth to finish yes. the season. Yes. Well done, NBA all-star. I know. I know Ben Simmons in there. Anywho, <laughs> he's, he's currently the team's leading scorer. He averages about... He averaged... 18.8 points, 5.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists per game. Look, with him being out, who do you put in? Probably Tyreek Evans. Comes off the bench. Aaron Holiday gets more minutes. That's not awful. But what did it mean for their title odds? Well, Las Vegas, <laughs> I always like to go to Las Vegas for these things. They sum it up well in Vegas. The Westgate Las Vegas Superbook is a way of like, it basically gives you the stats and the odds for the title hopes of each team. Yeah. The Pacers' title odds went from 80 to 1, which is already pretty remote, Yeah, to 200 to 1. Yeah, okay, bye. It's like when the Lakers got LeBron and suddenly their title hopes went from 1 in a million to like, hmm, 1 in 100,000. Yeah, it's still not going to make it, but it's closer. Look, I just they don't have anyone who can replace him. They, they don't. Tyreek Evans, especially this year, I mean, he had a great year with the Grizzlies last year. He's not playing. He's center. not an Oladipo, and he's not a playmaker like Oladipo. No, exactly right. Oladipo has a way, defensively very strong, but mm-hmm. also has a way of bringing his teammates in the game. Oh, he's and a leader. He's, he's great. Leader. So, what have the Pacers done without Oladipo? Because I thought, well, maybe that could tell me how they'll go. Yeah. The Pacers have gone seven and four these in games this not year. Not terrible. Not terrible. Still good odds. But without your best player, and I, and I always think about the NBA as two seasons within one: regular season, playoffs. Mm-hmm. Regular season, can they still finish in the top four? Maybe. Probably, maybe. I don't know. Doesn't matter when they get to playoffs. Exactly right. Because either way, they're not going to finish any higher than. They'll probably finish between probably third and fifth. They're not going to be top two, especially with this now. Yeah. They'll I probably mean, finish third and fifth. Yeah. What does that mean? If they don't finish in the top three, they are playing either one of the Bucks, Raptors, 76ers, or Celtics. That's a. I'm sorry. That's a five game at most series. They're they're gone. I reckon as well. The thing with the Pacers is we looked at it last week. Where there's their easy games that they win against 500 teams, they lose. They're not good. No. And I hate to say it, like Brooklyn is surging. They could actually be in the playoffs, which is well, Brooklyn are sixth. So in, if they come third, if they come third, they're like, playing Brooklyn. That, there's no way they win that series. It'll be much harder. Yeah. Anywho, do the Pacers win the East? They're done. They're done for this year, and it's a real shame because I think after Paul George left, everyone was like, you know what? Let's give the Pacers some slack. Yep. You know, they had a hard run. Same way with Utah. Utah and the Pacers, I think, are very parallel. Parallel. They lose their all-star. They find a new all-star literally out of, like, thin air. Yep. And they make a run in the playoffs, and yep. it's exciting to watch. But it's not going to be enough. <laughs> no, it's not. 
Speaking about someone that's going to be in the playoffs definitely this year. And, and an all-star. And an all-star. And look, we spoke about half-season awards. I've changed my mind. This is the MVP of the season. James the Beard Harden. Holy crap. Let's not count the last game where he only scored 35, but they did get the win against Toronto. Let's yes. not even count that. Let's look at the five games before that because it's insane. Yeah. His five games before the game where he only scored 35, which is a only, slow day for only, him. Only 35. In fairness, he was like two of 11 from three, so yes. not even going in his three-point percentages. He was averaging 52.2 points a game, 9.6 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and two and a half steals. Yeah. He had a career high against the Knicks with 61 points. I mean, he had to do it in 40 minutes. Kobe did it in 37, but I'm not judging. I mean, uh, look, Kobe Bryant's one of the best. Semantics, ever. semantics yeah. Harry. He scored... 263 points without being assisted not even once that's right he didn't get a pass from anyone to score 263 points over the last 10 games 45 points per game 9 rebounds per game 7 assists per game he had 57 against Memphis without overtime and they had a 20 point win in that game he had 44 against Golden State with a win 45 against Boston with a win who can stop this man? I don't even know. I don't understand. He, he, he scores about 86.7 of his threes completely unassisted, right? He is like 40.1% with his shooting and, and usage. Like, he's, he's insane. His true shooting is 62%. No one can stop him. And you look at the team. Yep. When Chris Paul comes back, this will be different. Yep. No Capella, no Chris Paul. They yep. win 50-50. Yep. But James Harden, I think, over this stretch so far, is having one of the most, and this has been said over everywhere, one of the most impressive offensive stretches of games that the NBA has ever seen. Only Wilt Chamberlain has a longer 30-point game streak. That's pretty good because he was playing in a time where he was like getting... He literally just stood under the basket. He was cooked. Like he had 116. No one's getting 116 consecutive games. But, you know... He's, he's averaging 12 free throws a game, which is really boosting his stats as well. Like, everyone hates that he foul grabs and his step back threes, but the way he's playing and what he's doing, yeah, the Rockets aren't winning every game. But when you have one player on the team that can play and then Eric Gordon, yep. and then maybe Gerald Green if you're having a lucky day, yep. or PJ Tucker, but PJ really. Tucker defensively. James Harden won the game the other day from defense. Yes. He literally guarded. Quite Leonard. Leonard. And when you think of James Harden, you think back to the days of Shaqton the Fool, where yes. he's like moving out of the way for defense and he's just awful. Yes. And then you see him now where he can actually defend and, he, and he's scoring 50 points a game yes. and you think, who can stop him? No one. Please tell me. No one. He is, over the last 10 games, have proved that he's getting back-to-back MVPs. I don't want to call it too soon. You don't... I don't want to call it too he soon. He was averaging 52 points per game. That's fine. Look, when Chris Paul comes back, Capella comes back... Very different. Let's have a look. He will see. He will score less. He'll do more assists. Great. Let's see. Okay. But I don't want to take... Look, I don't want to take my dislike of the Rockets or anything of that into context here, but it is phenomenal. It's insane. I, I don't normally watch Houston games because yuck, but I've started watching just to watch James Harden's individual performances. Jeez Louise. That man. I mean, I hate it because like he was playing against the Lakers and he scored like 50 points in overtime. Yep. And that was un- upsetting for me because Lakers should have won that game. Alonso yes. gets injured, whatever. I don't want to yeah. go there because yeah. it makes me sad just to yes. think about yes. us not having a healthy team. But just watching him play, it's like he's playing against preschool ch- children. 
Like, it's just, I don't understand. It's a different level. It is. And he's just like really, he knew he had to step up. The Rockets started off the season terribly. We spoke about them at the yep. very beginning of the season. Like, he knew what he had to do, and he's been doing it. And Rockets aren't winning every game, but, you know, you get a win against to- Toronto. That's great. In Toronto? In Toronto. They got a win against Memphis, who obviously have slipped. But still, like, you take a win where you can. Yep. They beat Boston. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I know. Beat Golden State by himself, essentially. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't even understand how it's happening. And speaking of Golden State... Oh, great. Another segue, Harry. Oh, we're segueing all over the place. We could open up a Segway store, we could, I reckon. We could. So I, I think it's important now to talk about the end of the NBA. In other words, the return of Boogie Cousins. It's, you know what? It may be the end of the NBA, but by God, they're fun to watch. Oh, my goodness, man. I've never seen better basketball than watching an all-star team play against just regular NBA teams. I, I agree completely. If you're the Warriors, we're already unfair. And I think a lot of people already consider them to be unfair. This team has now officially brought out Death Lineup V2. Because now their starting five says, well, if you thought four All-Stars weren't enough... With Andre Iguodala, who was aging. Still good, but aging. Let's go with five All-Stars. Curry, Thompson, Durant, Green, and DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins has now played in three games with the Warriors. In that time, the four-time All-Star, four-time is averaging 13 points, 7 rebounds, 3 three and a half assists. In how many minutes? In about 20 minutes per contest. Jesus. They've won all three of those games. They beat the Clippers, they beat the Lakers, they beat the Wizards. The scary thing is, is that in every game he's been getting better and better. Against the Wizards in 24 minutes, he scored 17 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, shot 67% from the field, and shoots 3 points. We watched that game. He wasn't even trying. Yeah, he wasn't trying. No. Like, he was just having a stroll in the park. I think what's really important to note, like a caveat on this as well, it's not that they're four all-stars. They're Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Five all-stars. Five, well, yeah, five all-stars. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry are the top, in the top five players. Yep. Clay Thompson's top 20. Draymond Green, whatever, he's had a drop-off season. DeMarcus Cousin but went Draymond healthy. Green defensively is still Yeah, incredible. still, he's like top five defensively. Yes. Boogie Cousins is top 15, easy, when yep. he's healthy. Player, yep. So it's not even all-stars, because all-stars are like the top 25 players in the league. This is like the top 15. 15 players, all playing the one team, it's, all playing the same time. Like, how, how, everyone, how everyone's hoping, everyone's crossing their fingers. You're like, you know what? Maybe this will be a failed experiment. Maybe it'll be like with Jimmy Butler. You know, you put him with Carl uh, anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, you know, superstars, great. Personalities. Personalities won't work. This team plays so well together. Boogie gets a tech. Everyone's like slapping him on the bum, be like, mate, it's fine. Don't worry. And that's exactly... That's exactly what I was going to say. Because, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you, now, Harry, you put it to this way: like, uh, how do you beat this team? Who do you defend? What do you do? Can I can I honestly tell you how you beat this team? Yes. You roll up Draymond Green. You roll up uh, Boogie Cousins. They get ejected. Then you foul out Clay Thompson, and then just hope that Steph Curry and, and Kevin Durant have an off night. Because I hate to tell you, even if the rest of their team is injured, if you have Steph, and this is what was seen when Steph Curry is playing. Yeah. This Good team luck. is unstoppable. Good luck. So the scary thing is, is, as Coach Kerr put it, I'm going to use a few Coach Kerr quotes in here. He's still learning the plays. It's not as simple as you draw up and here you go. When you're playing and it's life full speed and we've got a pretty big menu of plays, it's going to take a few games and a few weeks to really feel comfortable with everything we're doing. That's true. I mean, he's also slower this season than he was. He doesn't want to injure himself again. But he doesn't even know the plays yet. I know. I don't even want to think about it. And they're already this good. Can I be honest with you? When we started this season, we said when Boogie comes back, they won't drop a game. I'm standing... I reckon they drop two games at most, and it's only because it's in April and they're resting half their team for the playoffs. So prior to DeMarcus returning, and this is where the unfair aspect, the team was already on a six-game win streak. I know. And this was without DeMarcus. I know. 
And how do you how do you stop it? As we were saying, like what happens? Injuries or chemistry? Yeah. One of the big five or two of the big five need to get injured, and or like we saw against the Clippers, that game where Durant and Green. Yeah, got into each other. other. And there has to be a chemistry issue. And and DeMarcus is historically known to cause chemistry issues. You know what? But I don't think he will for this team. Can I tell you why? Why? Because there is no pressure on him to do anything. Yes. In Sacramento. He was the guy. He was the guy and they sucked. In New Orleans... He, they, they didn't go anywhere. They won one. He was injured. He was injured. Before anything really happened. In Golden State, all he has to do is turn up, get a couple of rebounds, and they still win the championship. Yes. Yes. This will be the first year he's ever made the playoffs. Well, this will be not only that. They're going to sweep. I don't even, I, I don't care about the NBA anymore. I'm done. Yes. I'm absolutely done. And you know the worst thing is, is like, even the worst aspects of DeMarcus, which is his <laughs> passion and, and demonstrative attitude, Steve Kerr is like good. Kerr noted, and again, I don't want to use another Steve Kerr, but I'm going to finish on this one. Kerr noted that he thought the first technical that DeMarcus would get would come sooner. Yeah, I lost a bet. Game two, I thought would be his first technical, but it took three games. He doesn't care. No one cares. Good luck, rest of NBA. Bye. It's almost it's over. It's been real. It's been, it's you been know the fun. only team that could beat them? I don't know, Harry. There's only one team. Which team? Lakers with Kwai. You have LeBron, Kwai, Kuzma. We win. I think you're very optimistic. I think let's, I'm very optimistic. Let's, now, gonna, let's have some fun. We're going to finish this show with a fun little segment. Does, does he still play in the NBA? Because this is a segment I actually saw on the jump that I thought was phenomenal. And it kind of made me thinking, do they still play? And if so, where the hell do they play? Why have I not thought about them And I just want to put a caveat here. I have not seen the answers. You have not. Okay. So this the, is me just being tested, I'm assuming? You are being tested. What's a pass mark? A pass mark is getting them all correct because you're a true NBA fan. Sure. Now, nah, let's, let's say 50% is... Okay. I think that's fair. Okay. All right. Uh, the first one used to play for the Lakers, Jordan Hill. Where does he play? Jordan Hill. Yeah. He does not play in the NBA. Anyway. <laughs> he does not. He got dropped by the Timberwolves in 2017. Um, all right. What about Udonis Haslam? He still plays. Yeah. Miami. You know what? 15 years on, he's only ever played for Miami. I don't know why. He's he's a Nick Collison. He is. He's on their books. They'll retire his jersey, but by God, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> He does not do anything at all. Um, Wesley Johnson. Wesley Johnson. Former Clipper. Former Clipper. Traded Pelicans. That is. He's an eight-year veteran uh, playing for the Pelicans. This one we spoke about before, so I'm not going to ask you, but Jared Bayless, we already know, got traded to Timberwolves, Timberwolves. had a phenomenal game. Jamal Crawford, who was actually uh, unsigned at the beginning of the season. Was with Clippers, Timberwolves, and now Suns. That's correct. 18 years, though, he's been in the league. Long time. Very long time. Um, six Man of the Year awards. Yeah, he does. Uh, Ty Lawson. Oh, Ty Lawson. Man, he used to be a gun. Um, not in the league. He's not. He's playing in China at the moment. Uh, so definitely not even slightly in the league. Uh, and the last one, Tariq Black, who used to play for the Lakers, then played for Houston. Where does he play now? Which team? I was going to say Houston. The answer? Still there. No. He plays for Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel, there in you fact. Go. So you got one wrong. Not bad. I think you did a de- decent effort. You know what I've realized, though, is that you know most players in the league. So this, this is hard. It'd be better for me who does not know every player in the league. I think that's it. I reckon next year you should do rook- uh, next, next week you should do rookies. And I've got to guess which team they play for. That is actually really hard. Because I reckon I would struggle. I know where jo- Jonah Bolden plays, but that's about the extent I, of it. I taught you where Anthony Simmons plays. That's true, actually. Portland. Trailblazers. There, we go. there you go. There we go. Um, thanks for joining us on Calling Bank. We'll be back in another fortnight. 
With the All-Star game, I guess. I mean, we should talk about that. We should, just very quickly, any snubs, any... Anthony Davis not making the starting five for the West. Yeah, but who do you take out of that lineup? For me, Paul George. For me, KD, actually, you take out of the lineup. I know, you were saying this. I know, I was saying KD, we can get into it in a couple of weeks. Um, when we have the reserves and everything, we know what's going on. And in the East, you're upset that Ben Simmons wasn't there. I'm, I'm not. I think Kemba Walker, it's in Charlotte, it makes... Kemba Walker for me, I, I voted for him, so I'm yeah. happy that he was Look, there. Look, I'm an Australian patriot, and you know we're just past you know Invasion Day, Australia Day, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think that Ben Simmons should be there, but it's fine. He's going to be a reserve, and I think Luka Doncic should be a reserve. We will speak about All Star because we'll know the starting lineups, we'll know the teams as well. Yep. yep. Um, in our next episode, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in a fortnight on Calling Back. Did you call?